Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here, as promised, with the Senior Vice President of the Milwaukee Bucks, Alex Lazary. And uh, Alex, this is the second time you've been on since I've been the host. I feel like uh, that is a good sign for me that uh, I didn't annoy you too much the first time. <laughs> I think it's a, uh, a good sign for me, meaning I did a, a, a good <laughs> enough job because um, I was never invited back before. So either your, your standards are lower or I'm getting a little better. No, well, I mean, I remember last time we spoke, a lot of the talk was, I mean, it was at the start of the season, a lot of the talk was about Malcolm Brogdon off-season happenings for the Bucks, and uh, I'm sure we were both hoping that the playoffs would be on right now, and they would be, the Bucks would probably be rolling through a first-round opponent as we speak, but there was some basketball last night. I want to get to some Bucks stuff, but I saw you were tweeting about it. When I recorded the podcast yesterday, I hadn't watched The Last Dance yet. It was on delay. It's on a big delay here in Australia. We get it on Netflix. But for you, I saw you were tweeting about it. What, uh, what's, what's your quick takeaway from what you saw last night with that show? Because everyone's talking about it. Yeah, I, I've loved it so far. Um, you know, I could have watched the, uh, the whole thing in one 10-hour sitting. Um, for, you know, for me, you know, the, the 90, you know, kind of like that second three-peat bulls was like, you know, like when I was you know, reaching, you know, I think I was like 10, 11, 12-ish um, around that time. And so, like, you know, I have a pretty good memory of what was going on. But the, the, I think the interesting thing for me was, like, I didn't know a lot of the storylines, you know, that Pippin was being, you know, shopped around. You know, we didn't have Twitter and, you know, uh, you had SportsCenter and ESPN, but, like, I just don't remember any of, you know, those storylines, the drama. I just remember, you know, I always just thought the Bulls were inevitable champions. Um, and that, like, you know, they didn't go through any, you know, real trials and tribulations. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's kind of cool to see, you know, all of what they went through um, and, you know, this great dynasty, you know, having a lot of hiccups and, you know, what they overcame. Yeah, that's an interesting point you make because uh, I saw someone mentioned this on Twitter. Funnily enough, it was on Twitter, but uh, someone mentioned that I don't think that you could have a documentary like this on LeBron James once he's all done or 20 years down the road. And I think it's probably right because as you said, people know too much now. And I guess that was the big thing for me. I didn't, I wasn't watching basketball through the Jordan era. So I'm learning as I'm watching for sure. But the fact that so many other people that did live through it are still going, oh, I don't remember that happening or I had no knowledge of that. To me, that that's the really interesting thing about it. Yeah, you know, I think that's cool. I think you could do something like that today, even with social media and everything. Because what I think is so unique about um, the documentary is the access they bring us into the locker room um, and seeing those candid moments. You know, you saw in the first, you know, uh, in the first two episodes, what we saw, you know, in the locker room um, after their Paris game. Um, yeah. and you know, you just don't, you know, that's, that stuff, you know, 
you know, we'll create videos and stuff. And, you know, I remember when Brogdon got his triple double, like, you know, we had that nice candid moment of all the guys dumping water on him and everything. And like, you do get some of that, but to have a camera crew following you around the entire time, I think is, you know, pretty unique. And then being able to have all of these characters talking about it in the past and, you know, kind of really digging in. Um, and, you know, I think what makes it is just how honest they're being. Um, and it doesn't really feel like, you know, they're sticking to like a specific script or talking points or anything. It does feel like there's a lot of honesty and openness to talk about this. And I think that's, you know, that's cool. And, you know, a big part of, uh, I think what makes it such a, um, uh, an entertaining and enticing documentary. All right, 2045. I guess the Giannis documentary will be coming out. There'll be plenty of behind-the-scenes <laughs> footage of, a, of the Bucks three-peat. But we may as well move to the Bucks now. And I want to go back to that period from around March 7, 8 through to yeah, 12, 13, when things started to happen. I know you were on the road. The Bucks had, obviously, the Lakers on the Friday night, then Phoenix on Sunday, Denver on Monday. Uh, when you're on the road through that trip, we know that things are starting to, to heat up. People are talking about the coronavirus more in America. What are you, what's your memories of not only what happened on the court with the team and, and the Giannis knee injury and all, all the stuff that was happening there, but how was this sort of bubbling up in, in the background from uh, someone that was traveling and on the road during that time? Yeah, so I, mean, I was actually only out there for the LA game. Um, and I've been, traveling with, I've been traveling with the team a lot this season. Um, for, for that specific road trip, I was actually only out there for the LA game. Um, and you know, I, it, it, it was interesting because like, I don't think you totally noticed that like there was like this big thing going on. Um, and I don't think, you know, we as a country were really, you know, that tuned in, you know, I know the, I think the state of California had just issued, um, a state of emergency, um, or maybe it was the city of Los Angeles. Um, I can't remember, but. You, know, you could kind of see something maybe bubbling up um, and you knew that, hey, like there was this virus going around and it had the potential to be this big problem. But, you know, I think, you know, when you look back on it, um, you know, I mean, like there was a game played with 25, you know, thousand people in an <laughs> arena. Um, and then three days later, the season gets postponed. Uh, and, you know, I think that, you know, I, I don't think anyone was you know, taking it as seriously as, you know, obviously as we are now. I mean, I don't think, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you were making sure like, okay, let's make sure that like, you know, we're not signing, you know, as many autographs, high-fiving, you know, fans as you're going through the tunnels and everything and let's wash our hands, et cetera. But, um, you know, it, it, it did feel like kind of just, you know, like any other game, but that you could kind of also almost feel like there was just something in the background that was making some people uneasy. But, you know, being down on the court, you know, shaking hands with people when I saw them, um, you know, like it, you know, you were standing, you know, you weren't standing six feet away from anyone when you were talking to people. Um, so, like, it, it, it's weird to think that, you know, four or five days later, um, the season gets canceled. You know, we finished a road trip. There was another game in the Staples Center, I think, like a couple of days later. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, that was all going on, what, you know, a month ago. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you catch up on some old games, sometimes you just need what you need to be delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. 
But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery deliveries and whatever I can think of delivery to. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I didn't even have to worry about where to go to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates. So the acceleration of this clearly is the thing that caught everyone by surprise and, and as you were just saying. But I, I know on the night of this happening, there was already the Warriors were going to have a game with an empty stadium and the Bucks were set to play the Celtics and they had the Warriors on the weekend and they had a really home-heavy schedule. And I think even for myself, I was thinking, well, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll be covering games. There'll be no fans, but this is what it is. We'll see what happens. The tipping point was always going to be a player testing positive, but were you guys getting any sort of like feedback um, from the league that this was could happen immediately did like did you know what if this was happening that it was all over or is this just the i guess the common sense thing that happened because that wednesday for me is still one of the craziest days uh, i can remember yeah uh, yeah i mean look that wednesday for me was even crazier because you know five hours before i found out my wedding was being postponed mm-hmm. um so i wasn't quite frankly that in tune with like what was happening with the nba season because i was trying to figure out um you know what was going on with you know, with my wedding, trying to see like, yeah. okay, how can we reschedule this? And, you know, for me, it was something bigger than, uh, you know, some regular season games. Um, I think though, you know, you know, I was out to dinner with um, some friends who were trying to, um, you know, cheer us up a little bit and, and help. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've got the, uh, I forgot which game was on, but the first game of the double header is on. Um, and then all of a sudden get, you know, it just kind of like happened so quickly. Yeah. You know, you, you hear that a player had it and then all of a sudden seasons postponed. And, you know, I think it, like we were, everyone was trying to get information. Um, and I think that's kind of like what's been like, you know, for the last month or so is I think we've just constantly been playing catch up um, with this virus. Uh, and I think, you know, it, everything has been moving so quickly. Um it's it's really been unprecedented and unlike anything I've ever seen or um, or experienced. So the days after that, uh, there was a lot of pressure from um, I guess everywhere coming in about okay, what's what's going to be the next steps for the league? But a big part of that was the arena workers. And when you talk about people being out of a job, and obviously this has affected so many people in so many different industries across the world. But the arena workers, really, this this happened right there. I mean, from that day, there was nothing else mm-hmm. going on. Now, we, we saw a number of franchises going a different way about this. For the Bucks. it was a couple of days after when Giannis came out and said he was doing the, uh, the 100,000. Chris Milton followed. You guys were matching. Uh, how, did, how did that all play out? Was that Giannis saying, hey, I, I want to go first or, or the players taking the initiative? Because um, as you know, and I see your Twitter feed, uh, there was a lot of um, criticism about that process and why that happened that way. Yeah, you know, I, look, I... I, what the way it went down was, um, you know, we were trying to figure out, you know, what was happening, um, and what this was going to all look like and working with all the constituencies who we felt like were going to be affected, um, and trying to figure out the best way to, to handle this. And, 
know, then kind of, you know, Giannis reached out saying he wanted to do something special. Um, and I think, you know, after you saw what like Kevin Love did, kind of real, I think then a lot of people realized like, oh, I didn't know this was something I could do in a, a way I could help. Um, and so, you know, then Giannis reached out and look, that's the type of guy that he is. And he's our leader. And he's, you know, uh, the, the, that's just the type of superstar that he is. And it's just, and I, I think, you know, again, just speaks to just how, what an incredible person that Giannis is, um, that he wanted to do something like that. And then I think, again, it speaks to, you know, what an incredible guy Chris is and for him to then come, you know, follow up and say that he wanted to do the same thing. Um, and I think that, you know, those two as our leaders and our all-stars, um, you know, got the ball going. Um, and, you know, as, while, you know, we knew that we were going to be doing something as ownership um, because we knew like, hey, look, you know, these workers are the people who are taking the brunt of this um, through no fault of their own. Um, we knew we wanted to do something. And I think when, you know, Giannis and Chris started leading the way on that, we said, hey, you know, we were part of this, um, you know, we're going to match and whatever, um, if there's a shortfall or anything, you know, we'll make sure to make up the difference. Um, but I think, again, it just speaks to the, to the testament and character of, of our two leaders. And then, you know, the rest of the team, you know, following up and, you know, making sure that we have 100% participation. Again, I think it just really speaks to, um, to, the, type of, to the type of guys that we have and how much they appreciate everyone at Pfizer Forum for, you know, making it such an incredible experience and taking care of everybody. Yeah, I think it's interesting to to look back and, and think about that now because at the time, I know probably there's a high percentage of people that are, are thinking, well, just say you're going to pay them. This is going to be four weeks. This is going to be a month. And now, um, obviously, we fast forward six months and you have to ask the question whether there's going to be any events or concerts or games there with fans for a year. And and that was probably the evolving nature of that. Since then, uh, you guys have set up the Bucks Emergency Relief Fund. Uh, for those that haven't heard anything about that, what's that all about and, and how and what's the process for, again, um, helping helping these workers that, that do such a great job? Yeah, so the Emergency Relief Fund, Relief Fund is the culmination of, you know, kind of what Giannis um, and Chris started. You know, we paid everyone through March um, and then the Emergency Relief Fund takes care of, you know, everyone who can apply, who applies um, for April. And so, you know, that's just kind of the culmination of, of what they started. And um, we're going to continue to keep that fund open for anyone who wants to, you know, donate and, you know, send their love and support to, um, to the part-time workers. Uh, and look, you know, I think what you saw around the league publicly and privately, um, cause I, you know, I don't think, I don't know if everyone, you know, made public what they've been doing. Um, I think it just really shows again, like the, the appreciation and I think also the unprecedented nature of what this is. And, you know, for us, anyone who works at Pfizer Forum or, you know, the Menominee Nation Arena, um, you know, at any of our facilities. Um, we look at it as part of our family. Um, we want to make sure that they know that we have their back um, and just try to, you know, again, like really just help out um, through through this difficult and unprecedented pandemic. You know, as, as I said, you know, for me, like that day, um, was, you know, when we found out that the season was being postponed was crazy because, you know, again, for me, like I found out my wedding was being postponed in the season. And like, you know, at that time, it was like, oh my God, like this is crazy. And then, you take a step back and you realize like, okay, like, yeah, for me, like that sucks. But like, those are all things that, 
again, are going to be rescheduled and figured out. You then also take a step back and take a look at the bigger picture and people are losing their jobs, you know, aren't under, aren't, don't know how, um, you know, they're going to get by. People are dying and you kind of realize like, oh, this is a much bigger um, thing than just sports um, and than just, you know, entertainment. And I think that's what you see from, you know, Giannis, Chris, and the entire Bucks ownership and, you know, wanting to try to help out. So from a basketball standpoint, and there hasn't been a lot of basketball specific news, but we had a, uh, I guess, a video conference, audio conference, whatever you want to call it, with some of the guys a couple of weeks ago. And the biggest story to come out of this was the fact that Giannis and Chris and uh, some of the fellas said they don't have a basketball ring. Now, this sparked major chaos and panic amongst Bucks fans that uh, these guys just can't get a shot up. They're not getting a shot up. What's going to happen if the season returns? Uh, so uh, how concerned should they be, first of all? And secondly, is the, uh, did the Bucks or are the Bucks rushing some sort of hoop to them to say, okay, that, that's soaking some shots up? Uh, um, I mean, I don't know, you know, in what condo or house, uh, you know, I guess <laughs> if they have a you know, a 20 foot ceiling, uh, you know, maybe then we can fit a hoop in there, but look, you know, the bucks aren't the only team in this situation. Um, and we're not the only sport in this situation. You know, I think everyone's kind of going through, um, going through this. And, you know, I think you even heard like someone like Jason Tatum even say he hasn't touched a basketball since this all started. Um, so again, like, you know, I don't think it's, you know, unheard of, for you know, want a guy not to have a hoop at their house because they spend all their time at the practice facility. You know, usually someone lives, you know, five ten minutes away from it, and you know, like we haven't had this situation ever before, um, where you haven't been able to go into the facility. Is this something I'd be worried about? No, not really. Um, if we're able to start up the season again, there's going to be a mini training camp. Um, and there's going to be a, you know, a time to, you know, get, you know, back into the groove and train and, um, and get going again. And look, Giannis, Chris are all stars. They're professionals. You know, the entire team are all professionals. It, not touching a ball for a month or two is not going to make them, you know, not going to make Chris go from a, you know, 50, 40, 90 guy to now shooting 20%. <laughs> like these, these guys are professionals and all stars and all NBA players. Like, they're going to be fine. Um, you know, they'll get the proper amount of time to get their bodies into shape and get their shots up and be ready to go um, whenever we're able to get going again. So one other question when you talk about the players and the fact that they're professionals and, and from a, a physical standpoint, one thing that I don't think too many people ask about or think about maybe is is the mental state of these players. And I'm sure it's something that, that the Bucks uh, are very much on top of. But these guys uh, get so used to the schedule and the rhythm of playing. And while uh, there's been some talk from players that they're enjoying some rare time with family that they don't often get, I mean, how, how are the Bucks able to stay in contact with these guys and make sure that they're mentally they're doing okay? Because particularly for this Bucks team, I mean, they, they should be doing some pretty good things right now. It can, it can knock some people around. Yeah, look, I think this is an unprecedented situation for everyone. Um, and so I think what we're constantly trying to do is just, you know, stay in touch with our guys. Um, you know, I mean, I've been on walks just outside, you know, when it's nice out and run into some of them. <laughs> just, you know, I think they're, look, they're just trying to do, I think they're doing the same thing that we're all trying to do, which is, 
um, you know, try to stay safe, um, stay sane and stay healthy. And so, you know, I think, you know, for us, it's constantly giving them a touch, just kind of seeing where they are, what's going on. Um, and if there's anything that they need that we can help out with. Um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, hey, you know, what are, you know, what are they doing that they need to make themselves feel right? And you know, we want to be able to aid and help in any way that they can. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, doing those, you know, some, some Zoom calls, you know, having them, uh, you know, they're all continuing to talk with each other. You know, Bud is doing conference calls with them just to, you know, get them on the horn, just to chat. Um, and so, you know, I think it's trying to keep some level of normalcy um, in kind of like an everyday rhythm. But I think more so than that, it's just saying like, hey, is there anything that you need, anything that we can do? Um, but, you know, generally, look, they're, you know, the, the, they're trying to, you know, they're doing the same thing that we're all doing, uh, which is trying to make sense of this all. Um, and just, you know, look, they're all stuck inside the house also. And so, you know, I think it's being able to like get a little walk when they can. Um, you know, I think for a lot of them being able to spend time with their families is, um, is great. Um, because this is such a, you know, this time right now, especially is, you know, when you're almost completely like zoned into, you know, the playoffs and everything. So, you know, I'm sure that's bringing some, you know, uh, some much needed relief and, and peace for a lot of these guys. And, um, you know, again, look, hopefully, uh, over the next few months, we're able to kind of see some light at the end of this. And I'm sure that'll bring um, some more sanity to people. So from a basketball business standpoint and, and how the franchise would usually be, be rolling through this period, the NBA draft uh, was scheduled for June 25. Um, I, I guess at this point, we don't really know. I mean, we saw the WNBA just had a, a virtual draft over the weekend. I think this is a little bit more unique given the fact that the the season isn't going to be finished by that point. We don't know whether there's going to be a definitive answer on what's going to happen with basketball, but how does this affect? And, and I know, you know, maybe there's, there's better people to ask, but how does this affect how the, the team is able to go through uh, talking to prospects, seeing them play? I mean, there was no NCAA tournament and that's not the be all and end all, but we've seen guys make major moves during that period. So how has this uh, made things Difficult, I guess, from a draft standpoint for the Bucks. Uh, it's, it's probably prevented any any chance of uh, drafting a player just based on their NCAA tournament yeah, yeah. Uh, resume. But look, there's still video out there. There's, you know, we can do video conferencing. Like the the preparation hasn't stopped. Um, you know, off season preparation hasn't stopped. Draft preparation hasn't stopped. You know, we're doing draft calls two or three times a week. Um, just going through players, um, talking about, you know, what we like, dislike, you know, doing our mock drafts, our mock boards, et cetera. Um, so from a preparation standpoint, you know, the, the thing you're missing and losing is um, being able to interview the kid uh, and being able to have them come in and work out for you personally. Uh, so the thing you're missing is the, um, you know, the in-person interviews um, and not being able to do that. But otherwise, you know, look, our team is going to be, you know, researched thorough and, you know, there's still a ton of video that we can watch on people, a ton of debate we're able to have. And, um, you know, whenever the draft is, uh, I have the full confidence of our team that, you know, we're going to be ready. So along with the draft, the other major part of the offseason that that 
drums up all the news and, and intrigue amongst fans on social media is obviously free agency. Now, uh, I, I know last time we spoke, uh, one of the things that came up, obviously, was Giannis. This was going to be a big summer for him. Now, clearly, this is all going to be pushed back. Uh, how, does, how, how much of an impact does this have uh, on free agency in terms of planning again? Because not only is it the date that's being pushed back, and from that standpoint, I'm, I'm sure the plan doesn't change, but in terms of, of dollar amounts of what may be on the table, this is, is maybe arguably the, the biggest change or impact that the team's front offices are going to have over the offseason. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how it's going to affect the date, um, how free agency in general is going to be affected. Um, I think, now look, that's all subject to what I think the next two to four, you know, six weeks look like, right? Like, I think if you have a season, um, my guess is free agency gets pushed. Um, if they decide like they're going to cancel it, you know, then maybe it doesn't. Um, I think that's all stuff that's, you know, going, that is still up in the air. Um, but you know, I, it's also possible that, you know, if, you know, if we have a season, you know, certain stuff doesn't get put back. I just don't think we know yet. Um, and I think that's frustrating for everyone just because, uncertainty sucks um but this is such a unique and fluid um time uh that um you know it's just something that you know we're gonna have to wait and and see you know how and what gets affected but you know look i you know that that's kind of i think where we are but um you know i you know, I, what I know is like, we're, we're having a great year and I know everyone on the team wants to have the opportunity to, to try to finish it off. Right. So I guess back to the Milwaukee community in general, and we know you do a lot uh, in in the community and in the Bucks in general, but um, for yourself personally, obviously when you talk about big events coming up, the DNC was one of them. And also just from a public standpoint, you have stuff like uh, you know, even Summerfest and these sorts of events that generate a lot of jobs and, and money for the community. So uh, how, how does, and I know this is, this is a broad question and maybe a tough one for you to answer, but, but how do the, the people of Milwaukee move through this and try and, uh, get through these tough times, in particular small businesses, because there's no doubt that the summertime in Milwaukee is 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 the boom time. I know that firsthand from being there uh, the last <laughs> couple of years. Yeah, look, this is tough, um, and you know the the only thing I can kind of say is like, look, where you know, I, right now I think things look bleak um, and dark, but you know, it's looking like there's right now a pathway towards, you know, and met and specific metrics that the governor laid out on how to reopen um, the state. Uh, and look, I think what we have to, what we're going to hope for is, and, you know, once we get back, um, you know, to, you know, being able to reopen a little bit, um, I think it's up to all of us in the community to continue doing what, you know, I think a lot of people have been doing. And for those who are able to continue to support local spots, um, you know, my buddy CJ did that, you know, a little yeah. fundraiser for, um, for his birthday and, um, you know, continuing to do things like that. And, you know, I try to make sure that I'm ordering local, um, anytime I can. And I think, you know, continuing to do that and supporting the local economy and hopefully the DNC convention, um, can possibly be, uh, this, you know, possible light at the end of the tunnel. Um, where if we are able to get to, you know, some semblance of normal, 
Um, and the convention can be, you know, something resembling what we originally envisioned. Um, that can maybe serve as a way to help, you know, revitalize the local economy and give a big boost um, that we that we're going to desperately need. But look, this is going to be tough, um, and it's going to be difficult, and it's going to take a lot longer than I think we all want um, to be able to get through this. Um, I think the the best thing we can do is, you know, try to just get through this all together. And you know, as we begin to reopen, and even right now, um, for those who can. Uh, just continuing to support um, local restaurants and, you know, the local Milwaukee economy. So I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Across the network through the week, we were talking about top top moments from whatever team the podcast is on from the season so far. And we hope the season isn't over. Yesterday, I went through and gave my top five from the 2019-2020 season. Uh, again, hopefully it's not over. And I'm, you don't have to give a top five. I'm not going to throw this at you right now and say, give us your top five. But is there any particular moments in general that stand out to you from this season? Because we know uh, the Bucks are on a, a pretty damn good path. Yeah, you know, um, there's been a few. The home opener was definitely, uh, not the home opener, the um, the season mm-hmm. opener was definitely one. Um, you know, I remember being at halftime and I think <laughs> we were down like 15 or something. And I remember telling my dad, like, I think everything's all right. Like they've shot unbelievably hot from three. Um, and we've just been unbelievably cold and the math should start to check out at some point. Um, and lo and behold, you know, it looked like our guys turned it into another gear and, you know, the rockets cooled off a tad um, and we were able to pull that out. Um, so that was like really fun to also, you know, kind of, you know, have such a high profile game to start the season and get off to a win. Um, I also remember, you know, after kind of, I think uh, we had lost a couple games, um, you know, I think we lost to the, um, to the heat and, you know, right after our home opener um, or something close to that, or we lost to the heat at some point. Um, right. Like I think I was on Halloween and I remember talking to talking to the coaches, just being like, Hey, how are we feeling? And they were like, look, we feel good. You know, that heat team just kind of made the shots that we're asking teams to hit. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that it happened in a couple other games. And, you know, then lo and behold, we ran a, you know, uh, an 18 game winning streak right after that. And so I think it was, you know, great to kind of see. And one of the highlights for me was just seeing that calm and steadiness from, from the staff and from the team, um, knowing that like, yeah, maybe this was like a rougher start than we had last year when we started like 10 and 0. Um, but there was nothing to worry about. And, you know, sometimes you spend too much time on Twitter and, you know, you, uh, <laughs> you get more worried than you're supposed to. Um, and then for me, I'd say also the Laker and Clippers games, um, both at home. Um, you know, there, there had been a lot of talk and continue, I'm sure, to be, um, you know, are the, you know, are the Bucks just beating bad teams and all of that? And, you know, for us to be able to go in and, you know, beat the Clippers by, 30 points and then being able to beat the Lakers at home um, were just two really fun games to be a part of and to have the fans, you know, that energized and that amped up during those games, you know, you could feel the playoff atmosphere and, you know, that, you know, for that, for something that early in the season to have that kind of atmosphere, uh, it was different than last year because last year we didn't really have those expectations and no one really knew like what was going on. Like, well, are we for real or not? And this year, having those expectations, having that game, you know, it, it felt like the NBA finals for that game. And, um, 
know, that was um that was just an exciting game and an exciting time. And I think you could feel that difference um in Pfizer Forum. Uh and I thought that was cool. So I had both of those in my top five. So there you go. I, I had the I had the home op- uh, not the home opener, the, the season opener, uh number five. Then I had the Lakers wins. I put then the Lakers and Clippers wins, I put them together at number one. So yeah, I mean uh, I think there's some moments that stand out. Obviously, Chris and Giannis with the fifty point games as well were big mm. for them. But uh, uh hopefully hopefully the story isn't finished yet for the Bucks in 2019 Uh one last one. I mean we talk about the season that they've had and Giannis and the historic numbers he was starting to put up. Uh, if things don't go the way we hope and there is no season, I would assume that there uh, there has been enough games played that they'll dish out the the awards. Are we are we all just assuming and expecting that we're going to have back to back MVP in Milwaukee? Yeah, I don't know. If, you know, never assume, um, <laughs> but I don't think there's any doubt. You know, at least in my mind, and I think. You know, from what I've at least seen being written now and everything, Giannis is the MVP. And, you know, what he's been able to do this year, you know, I I look at the MVP as he's the defending MVP. Someone's got to take it from him. And not only do I not think anyone's taking it from him, but he's better than he was last year. And, you know, for me, I think that's just kind of his clear cut. He's the MVP again. so, you know, I, I, I think for me, it's not only is Giannis the MVP, I think he's the defensive player of the year. Um, and I think Chris needs to get serious consideration. I think he should be on that all-NBA third team. Um, the, the year he's having, not many people have had. Um, I think, you know, there's only been like four or five other guys with, you know, his type of, his kind of usage rate to be in that, you know, 40, 50, 90 club or 50, 40, 90 club, whatever it is. And so... That to me, you know, kind of shows, I think, one, just how those guys are getting better and better every year, which is kind of scary. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think it also just talks to, you know, about our coaching staff and how they're able to develop players, um, what they're able to do. And I think it also just shows, hey, like what one year of familiarity does um, and how it, you know, is able to. Um, get guys to feel more comfortable and, you know, put up even better numbers. You know, the thing I think people sometimes miss is Giannis and Chris are only playing 30 minutes a night and, you know, putting up those kind of numbers. You know, you give them an extra five or six minutes, um, their numbers are going to be even bigger. So, you know, for me, I kind of look at it as Giannis is definitely the MVP because no one's taking it from him. And, you know, he's putting up even better numbers um, on, again, the NBA's best team. Um, I don't know how else you're supposed to define MVP. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I think Chris needs to be looked at as, you know, an all NBA type of player because he's having that kind of year. Um, and I know, you know, Chris sometimes gets dinged for not being the big name. You know, he wasn't a lottery pick and, you know, he's the, you know, the, the second guy to Giannis, but Chris has been damn good this year and he deserves that type of recognition. And I think needs to, very much be considered for you know that all nba team well i don't think there would be a better way to 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 wrap this up than than with that conversation we uh discussed the mvp last week and let's just say let's just say we're in agreement but alex uh, i said from the top second time back that's uh, i think that's a good sign for me i appreciate you taking the time it's obviously a, a really strange time for everyone and i'm glad to to know you're doing well and hopefully uh hopefully that wedding can be rescheduled 
and knocked over this summer because that means that things are moving somewhat towards a, a normal direction. So again, I uh, really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to doing this again when we get the playoffs up and running. <laughs>